0: Welcome to the Voo Church Podcast. Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr., Pastor Don Cherie Wilkerson, and Pastor Menushka Charles reflect on 2022 in this special Sabbath Sunday presentation. Join us as we celebrate God's faithfulness. We're starting 2023 strong with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Discover resources and follow along with our daily prayer journey at vuchurch.com slash first. Now let's lean into this discussion together.
1: Happy New Year Vu. My name is Manushka and I am so thankful that you have joined us for today. Today is what we're calling Sabbath Sunday. We take a Sunday out of the year to take a moment to rest and to reflect on all the incredible things that God has done. He's done amazing things in 2022, and we're believing for more in 2023. And we're praying that for you, that today is a day that you can rest. Today is a day that you can be with family, that you can take time to reflect and to also look ahead for what God's getting ready to do. And that's exactly what we'll do here today. We're gonna have a conversation with our pastors. So gather around with your family, your friends, and why don't you lean in as we reflect together. I'm so grateful that I get to have this conversation with two of the greatest leaders. Um, Before we even start, I just wanted to express my gratitude because I think about the year that we had, it is really all because of the both of you and your leadership, the way that you guys lead your life, the way that you lead this church. And I know on behalf of myself, on behalf of our entire church, you just want to say thank you. Uh, I know years can have ups and downs, it can have hills and valleys, but you guys have stuck through it. You have led us strong, so thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I believe this conversation is going to be life-giving to so many people, and so I'm excited to jump into this conversation. We've had an incredible year, and I ref- I'm reflecting on all that God has done, but maybe if the both of you would describe this year in one word, like, Ha-ha. Like, what would you say? Like, What was this year uh, for you, Pastor Rich, and for you, Pastor D.C.?
2: i think if there was only one word i would say rebuild wow because i think this has been such a beautiful year of going back to the basics of people awakening after a year like 2020 you know getting out of the rhythm of even being able to gather weekly and now going no we're called don't forsake the gathering yeah like we're we're gathered god is in our midst i think it's been such an awakening once again that hey we're called to rebuild protect what God's entrusted, and not just to rebuild what once was, Yeah. but to come back and say, okay, God, what do That's you have great. for right now? We're not going back to the past, but we are building our families, building our church, trusting in God, coming back to God, you're in control, you're faithful, And uh, I think it's been a cool year to see so many families, new families and old families united together, individuals walking through our doors who don't know Jesus and going, hey, together right here in Miami, let's build. And let's build for God's glory. I love
3: that. I think the word I would use would be something similar, the word strengthening. Um, I I just think that many times when you're getting strong, you can't see it like invisible ways, but when your muscles are are starting to get stronger, nobody can see that at at the first kind of weight lift or even the second time in the gym. And after the pandemic and COVID and all that's taken place, I feel like the year of 2022 2022, has been such a year that our church has been getting stronger that I think as we step into 2023, you're going to start to see the fruit of all that labor because people have been working so hard. And you say such kind stuff about us, but I think we're always just always so humble by the people that choose to do this journey with us. Yes. You at the top of that list. Your leadership, so many others. That there's just—it's an incredible community of people that are committed to one mission, one exactly. vision, all doing different little things, yeah. but all headed in the same direction. And so, I think we got a lot stronger in 2022. Yeah, I'm pumped to yeah. see, pumped to see some abs Come in 2023. On. <laughs> I'm
4: believing right? in this nice physically and virtually.
1: Oh snap! Does Voo Church have a six pack? <laughs> yeah, that happened. I like that. That happened in 2022. You didn't like see it, you I know. Like that. I think it's so true because like. 2020, like, got us all out of our rhythm. Yep. Yes. 2021, we're like, okay, we're trying to get back <laughs> yeah. our rhythm. And 2022 uh, has really felt like, okay, I can I can feel the pace. I can see yep. where we're going. Like, we're making strides in different places. And what I love about what we do with our calendar, we don't just, like, let the year happen to us. Yep. We look at the year as a whole, and I think the both of you think about, okay, what do we want to say to our church? Mm-hmm. Like, what is God speaking to the house? What is he speaking to the heart of the people? And really, the year is filled with different collections that have met people in different areas of their lives. And we started off January with this collection, Mindsets. Come on. And it Feels was— like a lifetime ago. It, it really <laughs> does. Honestly, this entire year, I'm like, what happened? Yeah. Like, I don't, 2022 was like, look, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I'm not going to cause no trouble. It, like, it came and it went. But we started off talking about our mindset. Yeah thinking about perspective, like new pathways, new results. If I want to see something new, I've got to do something new. I, yes. I have to step into a new rhythm and, and new intentionality. And, and this year started off with us as a church collectively thinking that way.
4: We don't live according to facts, we live according to truth. The fact is you might feel alone, but the truth is you are not alone. <laughs> the fact, is- might feel like, hey, yo, I'm I'm losing, but the truth is no, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. The fact might feel like, yo, I'm gonna lose it all, but the truth says, no, 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 my God, shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. It is just a shift that we have to make. I'm gonna shift my cares into prayers. I'm gonna shift my worry into worship. I'm gonna shift all of my petitions into praise. I'm gonna shift my stress into supplication for God. I'm gonna shift my vision into victory. And I'm certainly gonna shift my concerns into confidence in Christ Jesus. Come on, is there anybody in the room today that's confident in Christ? It's a mind shift. I'm not called to live in fear. I'm not called to live in worry. I'm reminded that the God who
3: started things is the same God who finishes things. And whatever he has started in your life, you trust in him, you
4: cling to him, you build your life on him, not on the facts, but on the truth.
1: I'm thinking as we're gearing up for 2023, what are some intentional things that you both do as a family to set up your new year? Mm. As you are looking to the calendars, you're looking to what am I gonna preach? What is yep. God calling me to say to the people? What am I doing in my personal life, and my family? Like, how do you guys set up the year intentionally in order to be strong? Absolutely.
3: I love that we talked last year in January on the, on the subject of mindsets, because if we're really being honest, we could start every year with that exact same yeah. collection of talks or that body of work, because all change, if you want to change, you start head first. It, it, it's got to start here in your mind. And the scripture says that, you know, if you want to transform your life, you have to renew your mind. So it's very, very biblical, very, very scriptural. Uh, I think even like, as you said about our church, I think we've always tried to be strategic and the church is the body of Christ. My body needs to work and my body needs to rest. Even today, it's Sabbath Sunday. That's sort of been a tradition I think now for the last three or four years. And it's something that we think is quite spiritual. That today our teams aren't gathering, our church body isn't gathering. Hopefully people are watching right now by way of YouTube. Maybe it's actually Sunday or maybe they're watching, you know, later on. But the whole point of Sabbath is to stop. Right? Why are we stopping? Well, we're resting, we're refraining, we're trusting God. But it's in the stopping and the ceasing that our imagination yes. begins to fire up. New vision comes to us. So I think for Don Shree and I, it's the same thing. It's like we have to create space to plan. We have to create space to dream. You have to create space to think. I've always said it this way. I don't think God is a speaking problem. I think we have a speed problem. And I think for us as we kind of step into this year, the practices of our home is, is finding time for Tree and I to sit down and say, what are some goals? Tree, what are some personal goals that you have? Right. Rich, what are some dreams in your heart? Hey, what do we see for our church? I, I always look at church as this living thing. And so every year there's, there's projects, there's yeah. new things. We just had Vision Sunday. We just had Bricklayer's offering. Cause there's some things we're gonna do this year that we are not gonna do in 2024 and we didn't do it in 2022. And there's always some new things, but if we don't create time and space, right. We won't think through it all the way. I think practically for us, it's us figuring out how to set good boundaries of here's my yes and here's my no, space to dream, space to pray, space to think, space to create goals. Yeah,
2: scripture says, write the vision down. Yep. So there's something powerful about taking a blank sheet of paper out and saying, this is where my focus will be, where mm-hmm. my thoughts are gonna be turned toward, where my time will be uh, focused on. And even in our marriage, we do this, but even with the church, like this month, this past month of December has been writing the vision down for 2023, writing the vision down. That comes down to budget. That comes down to who will good. be the team. Yeah. What are the goals for the teams? What are the things that we feel like God wants us to focus on in his word for this Very year? Good. We don't just want to stumble good. into 2023. Yeah. And we don't just do that for church. We do that in our marriage. We do that with our children. They're both they're all three of them, they're individuals. Yeah, They have different needs. I want God to speak to me on things that I need to focus on each of their growth. And so I think there's something powerful about writing it down so that you can focus your intentional and then you have a prayer point. Then you have an opportunity to start working towards it and figuring out, okay, what are the actual steps now to see these things come to pass? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Like,
1: I don't want to stumble into 2023. No. I don't want it just to happen to me. I want to make sure that I'm being intentional, that I'm planning. And I think it's just good lessons for all of us, everybody who's watching. It's like, okay, you can stop. You can pause. We're reflecting today. Today can be your Sabbath where you can take some time. God, what are you you asking out of me in this new year? What version of myself do I need to tap into for this next year. I think what you talked about just in that mindsets collection that you can be struggling and becoming. Come on. Mm. And it's okay. If you feel like I struggled all the way through 2022, but you still became something. Yep. Something else was poured out of you. And so I believe that uh, even if you're struggling, you can still become. And I, I think Very that good. collection was so, so helpful. And, and we talked about that, but also in that same time as a church, uh, we transitioned from being at our design district location that held about 200 people. Yep, and we moved yep. into ITech. You were leading that. And you know what's so funny? <laughs> I had told Pastor DC this. I was, I would drive to Selmy, That's our South Miami location every day, and I would be playing "Build Your Church, Build Your Church." Yes, and I was like, "You got to be careful <laughs> with what you sing," because <laughs> all of a sudden we start. Building. We went from one thing to the next thing, and God has built our church yep. yes. in such an incredible year. in in such an incredible way over this past year to see just us being at DD and iTech where it's so mean, and we also have the Everglades Correctional Institute that we get to be in every single yep. Wednesday, every Thursday, doing prison ministry. People are part of our church, our online ministries. It's been amazing to see all the different things that we are able to step into. Uh, we're relaunching DD, yep. and we've got three locations, but we say we really got five locations because we have Everglades and we have online, and yep. God's doing amazing things. and. And what is your prayer for our community as we're expanding? We're expanding, we're growing, we're stepping into new territory. And what do you you wanna see as we expand and as we grow?
3: Yeah, I love this Sunday so much. And if you're not careful, people today are like, oh, why is this thing that, I wanna kinda just keep putting weight on what we're doing. We just got out of our vision collection, which says, thus far, the Lord has helped us. And so many times, if we don't take time to stop reflecting what God has done, That's a process that we have to go through in order to build our faith for the future. Hmm. And so I just, even like hearing you talk, I'm like, oh yeah, we did do that. (laughs) And I remember, you know, reopening back into iTech and the stretch that that was. And I just preached a message just a couple of weeks ago about just blessing and burden and weight. And many times God, it feels like he's pressing on us, but it's actually because he wants to provide for us. And so my heart for us in this season is that we would lean into the stretch. We always say, we're not trying to build a big church. We're trying to build a healthy church but healthy things are flexible things. Yes. Healthy people are people who know how to stretch. And so I think sometimes we can, in the stretch we can go, this feels unhealthy. And I would say, I think it's quite the opposite. I think that God is putting weight on us because it expands our capacity. You went from the design district leading a, a location of three services that you know, you not hold more than 200 people per service to now leading a location that you can hold thousands per service. But something tells me you're probably grateful that you had the experience of the design district before you stepped into iTech. I think it's the same thing. We're not just launching churches to be big and powerful. We're launching churches to give people that opportunity to watch their faith grow, to watch their calling expand. I I don't know, but there's someone who's walking into our church next Sunday for the first Sunday, who's not only gonna meet Jesus, but give him a year, give him two years. They're the next pastors, the next leaders of our church. And if we don't create the space and if we don't demand a stretch out of them, they'll never walk into their calling. And I think that we're all products of that. I think that you could testify about that. I can certainly testify about that. So I just kind of land at this place in my life going, Lord, you can use anything, use me. Like I, yeah. I just, I want to keep being a, a volunteer for the Lord. Everyone's like, "Yes." I heard a pastor one time teach and he was like, um, if I don't know if God called me, can I just volunteer? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, you can volunteer, that's you know what I mean? I think sometimes we get lost in semantics I and that. that's like, I don't know. You know I don't know if God
4: audibly called me. I don't know, but I'm volunteering. And I'm kind of like, I don't Put I, I want to keep
3: up. volunteer putting my hand up saying I'm available. And that, that's my yeah. privilege. So we lead into the stretch. It's exciting, man. January, January one. I hope you had a good, you know, New Year's Eve party. But man, we're we're coming back next Sunday and it's a stretch season. We're launching a third location. I even have it in my heart. We've been talking a lot about this fourth location, which is another brick and mortar brick and mortar location. So there's just opportunities all around.
1: Yeah. I believe God's gonna to continue to expand us as a church. Yeah. But then also individually. And I believe that some of the things that we're able to teach people helps them to expand. It yep. helps them to get better. It resources them. And, and you launched your third book. You Let's wrote go. your third Come book. Come on. Let's go. In I 2022, single and secure. This is a
3: fun Sunday, man. We got to we gotta do this more often. Just, I know. I love
1: it. You know, remind ourselves. Yeah, We did put a book we, out last like, year. I know. Sometimes people are like, we did that? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. wrote three whole books. Why does that feel like eight years ago? <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. a, a book that was very personal to my heart. Yeah, you, there you wrote go. It in it. I, I, chapter yeah, yeah. 70, not chapter 76, page 76. Let's if you wanna, go. I don't even know if that's the actual Manishka page. I'm just, story. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just making it up. When I wrote, it, I had your it. photo <laughs> up there. I'm just <laughs> praying you. I know you should put my photo and like my Instagram. Yeah, yeah you should so have the forward. <laughs> but you talked about just what it looks like to be content in every yeah. season. Yes. Whether you're single, engaged, dating, married. Mm. The whole point of the book is like, can I be secure in my yep. singleness? Can I be secure in my marriage? I think we got to use that content in so many ways. It's been helpful because I think about uh, the book launching and the collection of talks we talked from. Uh, we had a single and secure after party at yes. the conference. We now have a single and secure small group. We have a crew that meets. And it's people who are not just there to see if they can find somebody to spend the rest of their life with, but they're there saying... I actually want to be the individual that God has called me to be. Mm. I think you said this and I love it, that I wanna be the person I'm looking for is looking for. Yeah, very good. And so for us, the way that we look at it is like, okay, I am becoming, I want security. I wanna make sure that I am secure no matter where I'm at.
2: A lot of people spend their time looking for the perfect person to spend their life with and so much of their measuring stick is based on the outside, what they look like, if they're funny, if they're fun, but values is where it's at. Values is where the rubber meets the road. Values is what allows you to have longevity in your relationship. What, what does that person actually value? Do, do they believe in forgiveness? How do they reconcile when the, there is a break in a relationship? How do they honor and respect? You know, they may treat you like you created the heaven and the earth, but do they treat other people with respect? Because the butterflies are gonna fade and they're gonna treat you according to their values. If you value others, then you treat them that way. And a marriage is made up of values.
1: For both of you, you have been such great examples to my life and what I, you know, look to for the future that I I really do have relationship goals in the two of you that I can, like, Mm. I have people who... Uh, love each other dearly. Who love their family. Who love people around them. And there's so much that I've been able to learn from the both of you. And maybe talk about your heart behind mm. this book. Your heart behind this collection. I think you do have such a heart for single people. I think the community that we're part of it's full of single people. Full of single yes. people. Yes. And I think it's so important that we got to speak to the very need of yeah. our community.
3: Yes. I think that from Donnie and I, we've been married now for 16 years. In fact next month in february it'll be 20 years of celebrating wow, us coming together yeah. and um, i just i i've always found the gospel i think some people they kind of get lost in just maybe aspects of the gospel yeah. and so maybe some people get really pumped up about the gospel being the pathway to eternal life which i'm uh, i love this idea that that jesus reconciles us to god but i think the gospel so shows up in our practical lives that like i'm a better friend cuz i follow jesus yeah. I'm certainly a better husband because I followed Jesus. I'm a better dad because I followed Jesus. Yes. Uh, Better boyfriend, better girlfriend. It it, it really permeates into our practical living. And so this idea of single and secure, I think it's a broad on-ramp that if I want to end happy and married, you know what I mean? Married and happy. I got to start single and secure. And it's always the inside job. It's always the work of the individual. And so I think the book, Course is written towards the person who's single, who's maybe got questions or feeling doubt or insecurity or selling themselves short or letting down their standards, cutting corners because Mm. they're lonely, they're hurting. But it also shows up into our marriages and our relationships because that stuff doesn't go away. Like, it's like what you just said we're constantly becoming, and who are you becoming? And I just believe in words like contentment, great confidence, and security. And that doesn't come from an external thing, that comes from an internal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so the heart of the book is to hammer down that truth. And I think it was just so cool that, like you said, in our church, there's lots of conversations around marriage, but people don't really speak right to this felt need. Yes, That's all over the place and it's all over the Bible. I don't know, I can't really get into ministry because I'm single. Uh, You do know that Paul was single, wrote most of the New Testament. I don't know if I can really make a difference, I'm single. You do know the guy we worship who (laughs) saved the world was single. I think you can, make a difference. So these little lies that I think we start to believe that are cultural lies that I think we have to combat.
2: Yeah, and I think that as we were studying this book together, I love what you said. It turned into a crew. So the content we brought actually, it's always written for our community, to build our community, to build individuals. And the thought of single and secure really comes from the thought of all of us are gonna stand before God one day, all of us. And I'm not gonna stand with Rich. No, He's not going to stand with me. I'm grateful for our marriage here on earth, but I want to stand before God, single and secure in my personal relationship with God and the purpose that He called me to walk out. And so I think it's really a book for everyone. And page 76 is my favorite.
3: If you could be married (laughs) in heaven to me, would you do that? Absolutely. (laughs) Because we did make vows till death do us part.
2: But, but God's would gonna go, work it out. That is a very, very interesting question to it like, My wife's in out. heaven. We're gonna have forever. All of us are gonna be together. All right, we're all gonna be together. Ever. All of us: Wyatt, Wild, Waylon, <laughs> Zaza, Pop, everybody, and Manu.
1: I love that. <laughs> I love it. I think the collection was so helpful for so many people, and I think it's gonna continue to live on. Like it's, it's gonna be a conversation that's always gonna be. And so like good. we always say at Vu, I think this is a big part
3: too. Just as we're reflecting, like. All of our sermons, what we say, we don't think that sermons change, but we think sermons are a catalyst That's, for change. Yeah. And so, if anything, it just opens up a conversation right. that isn't that silent, you know, that elephant in the room where it's like, right. now we can talk about it. this is how I feel at times. That's the thing. It's like, I'm not, I think we talked so much, you and I, especially, yeah. like, I, it wasn't me as the authority on what that season of life looks like. It's me trying to bring biblical perspective right. into an area that I do think is. You know, being single is not a monolith, right? Like Everyone's got their own unique story exactly. and where they're at. And so I think if anything, it serves as a great conversation starter Good. and it helps people open up to be vulnerable to say where they're actually at. It's
1: beautiful. I love that. I think that the stories will continue to come from this book and what God is doing. And as we wrapped up that collection, we stepped into our Easter season. And so many things happen in that season. Uh, We've got our Easter egg drop. We've got ways that we want to connect with our community. So many different things. Good Friday. I feel like that weekend is like jam-packed for us. It's the
3: best weekend ever. And I love the egg drop. But every year that we show up for the egg drop, there's a a four-minute window that I'm like, I don't know, guys. I don't know. When that helicopter shows up, I'm always like, is this how I want to lose it all? Like, is this? I get this, like, I'm like, I don't know if we should keep doing this. It's like.
2: I feel the same it's way. It's like a
3: daunting. When the helicopter shows up, yeah, I'm like, I think I'm like is this going to be okay? We're all on the page. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe it's yeah. the Holy Spirit. No, legit. I think I need it. It's <laughs> oh, <no, this laughs> like a pole. It's really cool, but I'm like, trust me. That chop- I'm like, as soon as that chopper flies away, I'm like, all right.
0: Praise, God. It? I feel Praise God, God he got out of that grave.
1: Greg's leg was like hanging out of the helicopter. It's insane. Um, yeah, it's not good for me yeah, at all yeah. to see that. Might not, we might not do an egg drop. You know what? I'm we'll making a with decision with can right can now. Can we decide yeah. that yeah. now? We need to do an Done. Instagram poll. In the chat right now, let us up. know. I know exactly what I want for, for this year. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, it was amazing, though. Uh, we had released a song called In the Morning for V. Yes. Really, during that time, our team put out an album just so many things happened in that easter season and and i think it's incredible to know that there's songs from the house the song Mm. the morning for v was a song that you guys wrote for virgil and it was an opportunity really just to honor his life we got to do that uh, at vu basil in 2021 but i think just continuing to keep his legacy alive that song was a reminder to us of just this eternal hope yeah now we look to Jesus for our eternal hope that we might have pain here on earth, but it doesn't last forever. Amen. So uh, the morning ends in the morning. Things are so beautiful, but we also put out lots of music this year. I met Jesus in Miami.. Come on. Let's go. I got my dad the shirt. He did? Um, and he was walking around an airport and somebody was like, you met Jesus in Miami? And he didn't even know how to respond because he didn't meet Jesus in Miami. But <laughs> he was like, you can meet Jesus in Miami. And he started telling them about Voo Church. Like evangelizing. Yes. Yeah. It was amazing. But that project is so many people's story in our community. It cool. That they met Jesus yeah. in Miami. Yes. And we got to uh, sing so many different songs and to hear the, the sound of our house. It's special. It's so mm. special. And the both of you had such a a big part in it. And I love that. It's like whatever we're doing as a community, you guys collaborate, you're involved, you bring people, you bring different minds around. And even the process of songwriting, um, we brought so many different people uh, into the room that it's just not like siloed with just a few people, but different people are part of the process. But songwriting for us, what does that look like at VU? What does that uh, sound like? How does it happen? Like how did this project come to be? I think that
2: the songs of our house Uh, the the prayer of our heart is that it really tells the story of our journey of faith. And so I think that this particular project, I Make Jesus in Miami, you can go song by song. And I remember writing them with Rich and Luke and Aiden and the entire team. And it was just such a precious time for me of reflecting on the last few years and how God has strengthened our faith Mm. when we felt the weakest, how much He built on the inside of us. And as we were writing those songs, like rejoice, you know? And I mean, Scripture says, and again, I say rejoice. It's like you're encouraging your spirit. I think we wanted to encourage the spirit of our house, you know, for people driving to work, getting back into the rhythm of life, people entering into new seasons. And so really the songwriting process for us looks like coming together with people from our team and then other friendships. You know, we've written and collaborated with lots of friends who don't live in Miami who may come and spend a weekend with us and we prayerfully consider what is God speaking to us, and then we just enjoy the process. I think that we write together songs that really describe the journey of our house. What are the values of our house? What is Scripture uh, speaking to us in this season? What are people facing in our community today that we could remind them through worship, like lifting their eyes to God? It could completely reframe how they see God and how they see themselves in the light of who He is and that call to reflect His love. Mm. And so I I think it's a fun journey. I think there's a lot of grind to it. I think there's a lot of faith. When we decided to do an album in a skate park, I'm telling you, we were on a couple conference calls with friends, you know, sound engineers and everybody, and we're like, hey, just hear us out before you shut us down. (laughs) Like, we wanna record an album in a skate park. Why? Because we wanna be in the heart of the city. We don't wanna run from the city. We wanna be right where, in the middle of the darkness, let the light shine the brightest. And I just, I love the thought of us being underneath I-95, worshiping God as cars go over yeah. us, going, God, I don't even know what you're doing in the spirit realm right yeah. now. Yes. And I know you place us here right now to lift your name up.
1: I love it So
3: good. Yeah, I just think all together, I think, I think songs play such a big part of all of our faith journey. Music, music and message go hand in hand. Worship is a weapon. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just think if we're gonna be at the community that we are, we should have our own songs. And I love teaching theology through music. I think that it's one of the simple ways that people can start to get beliefs. And so much of even the gospel, I use this all the time, like Paul is writing, I wanna remind you, remind you, remind you of the gospel. And I think we have to remind ourselves yeah. about what we believe. We have to rehearse what Great. we believe. Beautiful. And we do all that reminding and all that rehearsing because all of a sudden we come up against these battles where you suffer, you challenge. I was in a conversation, I was doing a podcast the other day with a guy, and we were talking about the difference between belief and trust. Yeah. Well, it's everyone should believe in Jesus. He was a real guy. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you trust right. in Jesus. And so how do I know if I trust in Jesus? I think the only way to know if you trust in Jesus is when things don't go your way or is when you suffer yeah. or is when you're in loss, in grief in divorce, in betrayal, when someone hurts you, these are the moments where all of a sudden your belief has to come alive. And so I think music and melody Beautiful. and rhythm, all that stuff, yes. it's so right there. You can you can call it like, we could do it right now. I, I could start singing a song and all of a sudden just by memory, you'd like, you would know the lyrics even though you didn't write that song. And that's what music does. Yeah. And so I could preach a million messages, but man, sometimes I can get one song, the right song, and there's... We all got this. We all got that worship song. I think melodies
2: impact us more than we'll ever know until we're in heaven. Like that music is this supernatural force that has been entrusted to the church. Really, when you think about it. I remember when we wrote I Met Jesus in Miami, like I just had the demo and I'd been playing it in the house nonstop and we went to the park and Wyatt's like scooting around in his scooter in the park and he starts just singing at the top of his lungs. (laughs) I don't care what you say about me. (laughs) I don't care what you think all right. I met Jesus in Miami. And it just got all over me because I thought, we are teaching the next generation to be bold yeah. about their faith, to know who they are. You know, I think that's the power of of worship. Well, and
3: Jesus' last prayer is that we would be united. Yeah. And I think one of the most ecumenical things that we can do that unites the body of Christ is not usually through a preacher. Mm. There's too many pitfalls there. His doctrine, it's usually music. That's probably why one of the ways I, I, it makes me sad today how there's a movement against, who wrote that song? I'm like, bro, we're gonna have some problems if we're gonna have to go find all the authors of all these worship songs because it's not about the guy who wrote it, yeah. it's about the truth of what they're saying. That's great. But that gift of music, I think is, you can go to a lot of different churches right now and a lot of them are singing a handful of the same songs. Uh, they might not listen to the same preacher or go to that same church, but there's there's a commonality yes. and a unity effect yeah, that's yes. taking place. That's wow. where God gets glorified. And so I wanna be a part of that story of I wanna offer something, not just to our house, but the global body of Christ that hopefully could translate, transcend denominational lines, petty differences, and could be an ecumenical church unity project. So, at Vu Church, if it's doctrinally true, and the melody hits, and there's a strong bridge, (laughs) we're gonna sing that thing. Sing it
2: loud. To think that all these different people every Sunday in our local context yes. are singing the same words and melody. That's powerful. Different powerful. stories, different yeah. ages. Powerful. That's the unity factor. Yep. We worship God together. Yeah. It's, I, a,
1: it's a foretaste of heaven. I, I believe that. I, I saw that we reposted. Somebody was singing one of our songs in, in yeah. Germany. My yes. goodness. Yeah, they recorded in Germany. Like, How special is that? And I believe that this new year there's gonna be more songs Let's go. that reach go more people, that, that touch more people. And the beauty of it is that it all happened in collaboration. Yep. That's and I always right. say this, it's one of my favorite things about Vu is the collaboration. Everything that we're doing, we're doing it with team, we're doing it with our servant leaders, Everything. people who give up their time, That's who right. sacrifice. I'm so grateful. Even I think about our recording, I looked around and there were hundreds of people. Yep.
2: Hundreds.
1: And there are people who are just like, no, I wanna be here. I want to serve the house. I want to be a part of this project. And and that's what we value. Like I think about our seven values and the things that we value as a house. And throughout the years, like we just celebrated seven years throughout the years, these values have been what we base everything that we do on. We did this collection called this is VU. And I think about how, what sets good to great is a value system. Mm. Like, the people who have a value system, the people who know what they believe in and, and know what they value, are people who can make the right decisions. Because my decisions it. are going to be based on, oh, I value this, I don't value this. I know what to do when I know my values. And I think for us, we always take time as a church to remind ourselves, this is what we value. And you wrote these values maybe I don't I don't know how many years ago, like but nine years ago. I think about all the things you wrote. You wrote seven staff values and seven Vu values. I've always wondered like. What was that like for you? How did you get inspired? I know a lot of what even our values, it's from the text, but it's yeah. like, do you just sit down? And I'm like, all right, God, give me our values. Like, how does that, the, how does that look the like? The VU you? values
3: happened. We were, uh, I was working for my dad yeah. at Trinity Church. I don't know if I ever told the story and we were at uh, a leadership event. I was like hosting or MC and I don't even know, but something like came over me where yeah. I'm sitting in between a session and I just, Pretty much all seven, the flow and the rhythm of it came together. I don't think I wrote all the blurbs, but I yeah. saw Jesus our message. Wow. People are our heart, generosity is our privilege, excellence is our spirit, honor is our calling, servant leadership is our identity, passion is our pursuit. Mm-hmm. They just came to me quickly. Wow. Our staff values were a little bit different because it was more like we had these VU values. Yes. And I felt like we started building an organization and an internal team. And it's like, how do we translate, you know, what is excellence? Is our, like, so, we got much more specific. And those ones we kind of labored over, looked at other yeah. things, and we kind of came up with the, with the rhythm that we landed on. But just what you're saying, like, why? And I think we have to, we just did a talk the other day in staff about, like, we have to get good at communicating strategy. What strategy? How we do something. Yeah. So, if I'm going to communicate it, it's like, why do we have values? I think we have to keep going back to that because I think life is always changing. Oh my goodness. That's what, we, yeah. that's what we're talking about. Like, we, we had no idea what the last two years was going to look like. And if we didn't have values, right. I don't know if we'd be here. Right. It's, it's not that Jesus wouldn't have been our message. I just don't know if we would have valued it to Come go, on. let's zero in yeah. on this thing. Yeah. There's a lot of things to talk about right now. We could talk about every day the news has got different talking points. Every day culture has new talking points. Every day media has new talking points. But we kind of decided that thing eight years ago that our talking point is Jesus.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, there's a lot of different people, a lot of different opinions that can be annoying, can be offensive, can be rude. But we kind of already landed on like the heart of this place is going to be people.
1: Yeah.
3: So they're never going to be the the butt of our joke. They're never going to be the example of what, we're not using them as a visual aid for right and wrong. They're our heart. Right. We believe that God's got grace and forgiveness for all people. And so, so on and so on. I think the why behind it is because it's, it's directing us and it's guiding yeah. us and it's the changeless thing about us. Everything else is changing. This thing stays true to our core.
2: I think the beautiful thing about the collection This Is Vu is just the fact that you can't just state your values one time. Yeah. You got it. You have to keep coming back to who you are, what you were created to do, what your time is meant to be spent on. We there. should write a song
3: called Blue Values. Yeah,
2: we should. Jesus is a
4: message. You got and something people there. People are hard. I'm going to let I you let embody right now. That's a melody. Let us
1: write that one. going to get the bass? <laughs> <that is stored laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go uh, get the <laughs> That's
4: Jesus is the answer for the, the world today. World today. Above, Above him there's no other. other.
3: Jesus is the way. It says, is your eye generous or is
4: your eye stingy? I want us to be a church in every aspect that we have a generous eye. Why? Because a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. We've got to get this in our spirit that we don't have to. We, we get to. And we're not losing, we're gaining when we choose to be generous. This is what Jesus is teaching about. He's trying to say, yo, the way that you view it, the way that you see it, is your eye good or is your eye bad? Is your eye generous or is your eye stingy? Because if your eye is stingy, your whole life is gonna be stingy. It's gonna rob you and rid you of what I wanna do in your life. But if your eye is generous, all of a sudden you will put out light into the world and you will light others around you.
2: I think this is VU, the time that we took this year to come back and focus on who we are as a church was so key because we just have to do that until Jesus comes back. Absolutely. Keep reminding ourselves. It's not the new content. It's who are we? We're not making a message. We're not fabricating it. We have the gospel. We have the life of Jesus. We have the Holy Spirit. Let's stand on the truth that we know. And I think that collection was just kind of like a stake in the ground for us of, hey guys, we don't have to create anything. We've got yes. to be confident in the God that we love and know, you
3: know? Well, it kind of reminds me of one of my favorite little leadership truths I learned this year. And I kind of said it a lot to our staff. And it goes back to that because you said the year for you is rebuild. I think for me, it's been strengthening. And the phrase that I heard this year that I liked a lot was that we spend a lot of time saying new things to old people
4: mm-hmm.
3: when we should learn how to say old things to new people. There's so many new people in our community. And we think, I've got to say something brand new to Mon right. who's been here. It's like, actually, like I'm spending too much time doing that. I need to stay on, on the old thing, the values of who we are. Yes, and
2: foundation. It's yes. not the
3: sexy collection. Right. It's not the super attractive collection. No. But it is a formative collection right. where we are being shaped and developed. And there's a bunch of new people who've never heard it before. And if they're going to walk out the mission of this place, they got to know who we are.
1: Yes. And it's something that we can always go back to. Yep. And it's like, no matter how many times we talk about it, we're like, oh, okay, this is why we do yep. this. Excellence is our spirit. Okay, this is why I serve yeah, the yeah. way that I do. Passion is my pursuit. Okay, this is why I show up with the energy that I yeah, show up with. I right. can always go back to period. our values. Period. I period. saw Taylor
3: do put uh, a funny meme up where she's like, I've switched out amen for period.
1: Period. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to try that yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Period. Yeah, I'd like to start doing I'm that. I like you got to say it a certain yeah. way. Yeah. You know, you I to it. Period. Yeah. With the, t- yeah, yeah, the end I like that. of it. For us, um, one of the things that we got to do in 2022 was Vue Conference. Yes. And it had been something that we wanted to do in 2020. We were ready to yes. go. Jeez. And we ended up going online for Vue Conference 2020. Mm. 2021, it didn't happen the way that we wanted it to. So uh, we took that year to really just prepare for 2022. And um, what we got to do in Vue Conference was so special. There's so many moments, so many memories, so many people to thank our guests, our team, making it happen. Like a conference like that does not just happen. It takes meetings on meetings and looking at every detail and talking to people and emails and all of this. So much goes into uh, making VU conference happen. And and we're just so grateful for uh, what God did in 2022. But as we're stepping into 2023, we're talking about this new iteration. Yes. Um, And it's going to be VuCon. 2023. Why don't we get into that for a little bit? Because I think it's going to be a time. Um, But as we're talking about this new iteration, what does that look like for us? Like, what are we believing that God has called us to do as a local church that also has an impact on the global church?
3: Yeah, I I really sensed in my spirit, even this year as we gathered, we weren't even sure what we were going to do. We were really waiting on the Lord. I think we're really committed to not feeling like we have to do anything, but doing the things that God's called us to do. Um, We've been doing this gathering for 12, 13 years now, but just because we've done it for a long time doesn't mean you should keep doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I think you have to really, really consider things. And I think the world's changed, but we were there this year and man, there's just a touch of God on it. Yeah. And um, I really believe that people were encountering him. People were being equipped. I think people were sent home empowered that I think six months later, I think we're still hearing yeah. stories of what that gathering did, but I just felt like it needed new life. And sometimes a name change can do that. It can just it can get us to think about it differently. And so going from a conference to a convention, a conference means a formal meeting. Convention to me is just more than a meeting. And even what we did last year, you were there. It's more than a meeting. meeting. It's not just gatherings in an arena, God bless. God bless if that's all it was, but it's not. It happens to be so many micro-communities. And so we just feel the Lord leading us to uh, continue to expand and grow.
2: Yeah, I think VUCON is an opportunity for people to experience (sighs) the power of God. to be equipped, and one of my favorite memories from VU Conference this past year was during an altar moment. And our VU High students, all of our high school students were down at the altar and they were praying and they were weeping and praying over one another. And um, one of the faithful leaders in our church, uh, she's a mom, she has two teenagers, she came over by me while we were at the altar and she was weeping and she just said, look, there's my son, there's my daughter, and they were just, arms around each other, weeping, hands raised, worshiping God, and she said, every week I serve, every week we show up, But God has exceeded even what I've asked for. This is is what we've prayed for. And when I think about VUCON, I think about moments like that, moments that will mark this next generation for the rest of their life. And that's why we work for it. That's why there's so much. Effort and time and focus and intentionality because it's really about people experiencing yeah. God like they never have before and seeing the church bigger. I don't mean as far as like lights or sound. I mean to really understand they're a part of a global church.
4: Yeah, good. And yeah. it's not
2: just our local expression, but Here we are all together, all of these churches, people from so many different nations. Like, let's get a bigger picture of what we're fighting for, what we're giving our lives for, and why it's important to build.
3: Absolutely. You're part of something bigger. And I think kind of what we're saying all day, I think it's important we keep saying this. Like, I I think we all know at Voo Church, those that are leading, that we're not the experts of anything. Right. But I think that one of the graces that God's given us is to create environments for crucial conversations to take place. And so I just think the church at large right now, man, it's like people are trying to find their footing. I'm for anybody who's still taking a swing at it, who still yeah. believes in the brick and mortar yeah. expression. I love digital church, but I'm like, I still want to see the house full of people. And so we want to create a place that is a family reunion where people can be championed yes. and inspired. And VU doesn't have all the answers, but VUCon is a place that we're gonna to try to go and get answers. Yep. Let's work in, in different places. Let's hear from different leading voices. And more than anything, let's create a place for relationships to happen. That's why like the single and secure party, like, I was with the team the other day. They're like, "We're doing that every year, so it's not just a book. It (laughs) now becomes a space.
4: Why not though? Like,
3: there's no other place for a 25-year-old or a 30-year-old in the church to ever go and go. Can I meet someone? Why can't they come to Vukon and go? Oh, that Friday night thing after church. I'm going to go to this little party they're throwing, and who knows? Maybe they're going to meet someone. They're in Miami, and someone came in from LA, and I just think, why can't we do? Why can't we create an environment where? where new interactions can happen and new friendships and relations. I think that's how we built our church. I think we try to create spaces and events and then real organic things take place.
1: Yeah, I I think that's gonna happen this year and it's like, we're at the start of the year, and we can make plans now. It's like, let's go, all right, get I'm here. I'm looking with at my calendar. I know what weekend that I'm gonna block yep. out. I'm gonna That's block right. out that weekend. I've already talked to my friends and my family. I'm like, block out this weekend. Let's do it. And just be present. And so, like, block out the weekend. Just be there. Like, God's gonna move. It's gonna be awesome. He's gonna do special things. And so, I can't wait to see this new iteration. I can't wait to see the new life that comes from Vukam. Have you ever been
0: in a moment- Every single
3: time,
4: it's a feeling like, I can't believe this is happening. Wow.
2: Everyone is searching for that hope, and it can only be found when he
4: speaks. (laughs) What's fucking doing? (laughs) You are the best 1995 worship leader I've ever met. (laughs) And God likes working where there seems to be no way. Are you broken? What's the end of the story? I already know the end of the story. Our Christ is resurrected. Our Christ is victorious. He's alive. He's well. Don't you tell me!
1: God can't use you! There's so many things that happens in the life of our church. It's like... We could list event after event and thing after thing that, that we do, but we always go back to what we get to teach on a Sunday. I feel like it really anchors us. Yeah. It anchors where we are as a church and where we are as a community. And, and as we transitioned from VU Conference, uh, we went into this collection called The Art of Joy. Mm. And I think that we all can agree we always can use more joy. We always need to know how to hold on to our joy to see joy in the perspective and the light that God has given us. But we took these lessons from the book of Philippians. It's a short book of the Bible. You can read it really quickly. But there's so much truth that we were able Mm. to pull out as Paul writes this letter to the church at Philippi. And Paul's in prison. And it is the least likely place that somebody would talk about joy. Like, you are locked up. You can't get out and you're telling people you can have joy through every circumstance. And I think it was a great eye opener for myself to be able to listen to all the messages and to lean into all the things that we were talking about. And one of the things that you had mentioned about the collection is that uh, it wasn't attractional. It was formational. Yeah. There's some collections that are formational for us. They're just like as followers of Jesus, they're just certain things that we need to get into our heart and into our minds and for us to know. And so for this collection, um, I believe that so many people can look back at it if they're like, man, I don't know if I can have joy in this new year, that we can look back and say, okay, I can have joy. Amen. I can I can have contentment. But maybe talk a little bit about just contentment and joy and what that looks like.
3: Oh, I just love it. I, that was some language that we came up with this year about certain collections being attractional, which we should do. Single and Secure has a very attractional vibe right. to it. Daddy Issues, which we did in August. It's like, oh, I can bring a friend, it, just even the name alone. It's like, they're going to about that. I'm, yeah. I'm interested. But then some are just formational. Hey, we're going to study the book of Philippians. Well, if you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't believe in the Bible, that might not be very attractive to you, but it's quite formational. And I just think as you even, as we're sitting here reflecting that from January to July, from mindsets to joy, you know what I mean? From from this, in January we're talking about our mind, and then you get to July, we're talking about joy. How does Paul erupt in joy? It's by his perspective and his thought pattern of what he's reminding himself about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And all of a sudden, as you start listening to things that he said, he's got such a focused mindset and perspective on what Jesus has done and what his calling and purpose is, that for him, his joy is a simple acronym. It's Jesus first, it's others second, and then he focuses on himself third. And with that, even in a prison cell, it produces joy. To the point that he says, I got chains on me, but you know, these chains, they're actually serving a purpose right now. I can tell you the story about Jesus. The guy's in here, I can tell him about Jesus. And so um, he actually goes, dude, to be honest with you, like for me, I I'd, I'd like to die because I can go be with Jesus, but it's to your betterment mm. that I don't die so I can serve you. What? And I think that Paul teaches us so much that yeah. even in our worst, most difficult moments in our suffering, we can still have joy. And I said it this way, that many of us, we feel like we have chains and things that are weighing us down and God's either gonna break the chain mm. But if he doesn't break the chain, he's gonna use the chain. And I think just that little perspective shift of whatever I'm in right now, this, this place of suffering, this place of hurt, it's a stage for God to show off in my life.
4: Listen to me, suffering reveals our priorities like comfort can only dream of. See my first point, that if you're going through chains of suffering today, please get this down in your spirit. Someone needs to see you suffer well you got to get a bigger perspective today. you got to get the focus off of just you, and you have to recognize that as you're going through the chains of suffering, there is somebody nearby, a neighbor, a coworker that needs to watch. What is it that you cling to in your darkest hour? I'm telling you what, I only have one hope, and his name is Jesus. Comfort and blessings, man—they dream of revealing our priorities, but it's
3: suffering that reveals it, like we never ever could believe. We, we had a friend here today who's helping us on set. His name's Skyler. Just moved down here from Chicago. Was watching Transformation Church. Mike and Faith began to erupt in his heart, and he felt led by the Lord. He's a DJ, and he moved down to Miami. He's Five weeks here, in and out of his car, trying to get work going, but he's just doing it all in faith. And I bet, in many ways, if you ask him right now, he probably doesn't—probably feels like a lot of weight. And it feels like he's chained up to circumstances. But man, I talked to him today. He's got the joy of the Lord on the inside of him. Yeah. And if he can shift his perspective to say, man, God's telling a story and maybe he'll break this chain or maybe he's going to use this Come chain on. to tell a greater story of, of one of joy and peace and purpose, even though my circumstances don't look great. Dude, that's, that's the gospel at work. That's really
2: powerful. Yes. In seasons of suffering, I think it's the perfect time. It seems ironic
0: that yeah. it's exactly right, the medicine right, that right.
2: you need. To focus on yeah. joy, because joy isn't a feeling, it's a choice. Right, And so you need that strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength, and you get to choose that strength. And I think the art of joy, that collection, really is still sending ripple effects through our community, and even other churches have reached out who are yeah. going through really difficult times. Yeah. You know, even outside of the U.S., going, we're in a really dark season, uh, we're going to preach the art of joy. And that's what I love about Friends and Family Network yeah. is that we give everything yes. away completely free. We want to resource right the yeah. global church. And so it's beautiful to see how that collection is still uh, giving life. You when know, I, really, it's not it's It not is interesting
3: though, me because like, we're, we're in Art of Joy. And then, like, even I wonder if for you guys, from your perspective, if that lands, like, attractional versus formational. Because what, when did we do—did we do Daddy Issues after that? We
1: did Daddy Issues right after the Art of Joy.
3: Yeah, and that sort of has, like—I don't know if that's it, but that—I don't know. I, I think— Attendance goes yeah. up. I mean the, the name up. sticks
1: out. When when I first like, you know, whenever we're getting ready to do a new collection, we get like a base camp that starts up. Yeah. And I, all I read was daddy issues. I was like, oh, this is about to be something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it sticks out. Yes. So people are like, okay, what what is this talking about? And I do yeah. feel like it is attractional. But then when people get in there, they're like, oh, I need to deal with stuff. Cause I felt like li- listening to daddy issues, I'm like, oh, there's some things that we didn't know that we needed to talk about, but now that we bring it to the light, you're like, oh, I need to have that conversation. I need to deal with that thing. And I think that's what happened with that issue.
3: Absolutely. I think for me, the big eye-opener thing is if I don't learn from the past, I'm going to repeat it. And I think that sometimes in the world that I grew up in, it's sort of like everything's covered by the blood of the lamb. And that's very, very true. But we don't realize that I've got some psychological stuff. I've got some emotional stuff. I've got some triggers in my life that keep going down a negative cyclical path, that if I would just go and confront it, even just talk about it, right. so much healing could happen. And I think every year as a church, we need to make sure that we're doing, we're starting this year, next next week, we're starting a collection called Happy, Healthy, Holy. And it's really about emotional health. It's really about soul care. But I think daddy issues just end up sh- striking a chord in so many people yes. because I think we all do have some form of a daddy issue to a degree because our dad is the first glimpse we have of our heavenly father. And he can't compare, he can't compete. Mm -mm. And so if we're not careful, we'll take and we'll project what was wrong about our earthly dad upon our heavenly father. And it doesn't just hurt our earthly relationship, it also hurts our vertical relationship with God. And so deconstructing some of that stuff, confronting it, going backwards learning. I think the genogram, we did that at staff retreat. I think everyone's like, what are we doing here? So much
2: feedback from that.
3: Yeah, but like, I think that was a really cool tool for me to learn. And it's not always these like big addictions. It's like, oh, you got perfectionism from your your great-grandmother was a perfectionist, and you you deal with anxiety because that was always there. So it's just nice to go, oh, okay, I can see it, I can call it out, I can confront it. As I confront it, I can sort of change it.
2: And I think from the very first sermon that you preached in that collection, you just set such a firm, clear foundation of what we were trying to instill in people's hearts. You know, that when you think God, we want you to think Father. Mm. We want to talk about what it means to be a father. And that's I, think it touched, quote. That's a quote, I think it yeah. touched on like some really obviously painful places in so many people's lives. But that's what I love about this community is that there was so much thought and intention put into all the details, even like the design of the collection. It was very fun and lighthearted because we knew the weight of what we were mm. going to talk about. And I think people came in hungry. I think that even when it touched the wound that you— that the Word of God brings so much hope for healing. And even though maybe not in that collection did they go from brokenness to complete health, we know that we're on a journey of healing for the rest of our lives in this community of faith that God is just gonna continue to heal our lives. And I I think it really was a catalyst for people to see God differently, but then also to reconcile relationships around them. Every morning when my kids wake up, there's this thing we say, it's so fun. They know it now, and they shout it at the, la- at the top of their lungs. And I say it with them. I say, God, this is your day. I'm your girl, let's go for it. And my boys look at me and they're like, God, this is your day. I'm your man, let's go for it. And sometimes when I'm saying it, I just have to stop and think, Are we serious? The creator of the universe lets me talk to him. The creator of the universe lets me say, I'm your girl. The creator of the universe welcomes me. Every question I have, I can ask. Everything that I seek. You know, I play hide and seek with my kids. It's not really hide and seek. Wild hides underneath the couch cushions. and you just see him from a mile away because the couch is shaking because he's laughing with glee, just imagining me pulling the cushion off. But when my kids seek me, how many of you know I'm not really hiding? I'm like standing somewhere. Because I want them to find me. Because it brings them delight when they find me. I think it's
3: one of the things in my study that just, yeah, I, I've never preached on it before, but it just, I grew up hearing about like generational curses and stuff like that. And I think in my own like theological journey, I just love Jesus so much. And I think that he's bigger and better than we could ever imagine. And so many times I think little sound bites, you know that idea, like we kind of get handles, but we don't get the full bag to it. And so, a little soundbite, like, yeah. with Jesus it's all covered, and and, and I, I believe that in um, not theory, in reality, right. but just because something can be true doesn't mean that you're uh, living in the reality of that truth. Right. And so, the idea of generational curses, I, there's generational patterns, and if it runs in your family, it might be chasing after you. Like, and I think one of the wildest things is when I showed that photo of my great grandfather, my dad, uh, myself, and my son. And then we put all the photos together and it's like, it's the same person. It's just like, because it's physical genes, but we don't think about spiritual genes. Mm. We don't, you know, So it's like, these things blend together. Like, why does this stuff keep showing back up? And that to me is exciting to think about, it's exciting to talk about, and it's exciting to to deal with. And that's the kind of preaching that I'm like, oh, I feel like we can make some, we can help some people. And um, once again, I think Sunday it being a, a conversation starter. I think there were some yes. pivotal conversations yes. just in crew, like
1: and Vu Care crews. Oh gosh, like, yeah. But Like we really got to get to the heart of things because I think uh, even in my own crew, just the conversations, the stories that people we didn't know that people were dealing with, but yeah. all of a sudden this collection opened people up. Like, yeah, I actually haven't spoken to my father or. I've never even seen God as a father because that, that, that's a trigger word for me. There you go. So I've seen God as a boss. I've seen him as a person who gives to me. There you go. But being able to change how I see God. And I think it was beautiful for people to see God in a different way. Sometimes we can maybe like, all right, there's this Old Testament God and there's this New Testament God, but it's the same God. Yep. Um, he has not changed. And so helping people to get a perspective of who God is— think the facet of God, the nature of God, the characteristic of God.
3: The way um, that he wants us to see him. Right. The way that Jesus mm-hmm. didn't, re- Jesus' favorite way to communicate with God was calling him father. Right. And we, we have been bought in through the blood of Jesus. And so we get to call him the same thing. So it, it, it goes so much even deeper than just, it, it's the way that he wants us to right. relate to him. And yes. the powerful thing is, if I don't see God correctly, mm-hmm. I'm going to always see myself incorrectly. That's where people land. People feel illegitimate,
4: people feel insecure, people feel
3: broken, people feel disqualified, people feel like they don't measure up. But if they knew who their dad was, Mm -hmm. it it changes everything about them. My my boy walks in, you've been with him. We all went to Israel this year, which was fun by the way, Wyatt and Wilde. I think one of the best things about, we took 25 of our key team to Israel, best time ever. One of my great joys is I got to bring my children with me, but that was important. Hey, for you guys all to meet my kids, but yeah. I want my kids to know all of you guys. Yeah, special? But you know, not that
2: meet, but spend time with. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah, meet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After five years, I'm glad you finally <laughs> met my son. Yeah, this is Rich. Wyatt. Who is this?
4: <laughs> this is Wyatt.
3: You don't know, no, you've met him. But spent, I mean, we spent ten days together. Yeah, right. But I, I guess I'm just using that as an illustration to say, like, Wyatt got up on that bus just like he was uh, on that team and that staff although he's four or five years old, it's because his dad yep. gave him the permission and the right to do so. And so he walks in and sits at the dinner table, just like you're at the dinner table. And just like, and it's it's not because he's qualified. It's because he knows who his dad is. I think when we start to get that in our life, man, yeah. you belong where you are. Touch of God is on your life. Your dad created the heavens and the earth. He loves you. He's for you. Um Yeah, I don't hold my kids' mistakes over their head. I'm trying to help clean them up. I'm trying to get them on the right path. That's who our father is. I think it's really, really important.
1: Yeah, it's a different kind of confidence that you can walk in with when you know who your father is. Yeah. When you're like, oh, my dad owns this. Yes. My dad made this. There you go. You know, he created this. And so it it really does help us to walk in the confidence that God desires us to walk in. He doesn't want us to walk with our head held down or us feeling like we're less than or that we're illegitimate. It's like, no, you have a father. He loves you. He cares for you. And I think all of these things were, were so important. Israel was a special time. Honestly, I love your kids. They and I love being able to hang out with them. And, and I'm like, can we do more family vacations? I'll just- I love you. <laughs> Whenever you guys <laughs> are traveling with the family, you. I'm just going to come and hang out. A few out. days
2: after, they would say over and over, where's Manu? And I'm like, I don't know what to say to this. She's not in her house right now. You're going to see her in they a couple love days. Manu.
3: What, what, what? Because we just did Christmas last week from yeah. Israel. What stood out to you about Israel the most or how did Israel, the trip to Israel change you?
1: I couldn't wait to go to Israel. First of all, it was the greatest thing that I feel like I got to experience this year. I got to experience a whole lot this year, but I feel like going to this place that I had been thinking about and studying mm. and reading God's word and hearing the stories, it was so impactful for me. I think from the onset when our tour guide was like, there's no holy sites, there's just holy stories. Mm. And it really helped to frame that, Sometimes we can obsess over like, oh, I, I got a to place, this yeah. site and I can obsess over a place. But I'm like, no, This I get to carry the story of God with me, the love of yeah. God. Like, yes, Jesus physically walked through Israel, but he walks with me. And I think yes. that impacted me so much to just even get this picture of, of Jesus and how— Israel is the size of New Jersey, as they describe it. And to think about this one small place, all the significant things that have happened and how it affects our life. And for me, it was just one of those things where I'd wake up in the morning, I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for letting me experience this. Thank you for letting me see this with my family, our team, like all of the different moments. I think just the dinners that we would sit and we would talk and we would process what we had just experienced. All of it was just so very impactful for me. And it just made me—I was like, I want to get to know God a little bit more. I want to know His Word deeper. I want to see Him in a new light. And for me, I I believe that it was just one of those things where I'm like— I get to see God in a different way yeah, and I get to see him in a different perspective. He's always been this way, but now my eyes have been open to uh, this newness of who God is. And it was just such a beautiful life changing experience. I'm going to take it with me it's everywhere amazing. I go. So
3: I walked away with three things happening. Someone asked me the question. I said, it gave me a stronger faith in Jesus that I didn't know I needed. Yep, It's an interesting way to say it. It solidified my belief in the Bible in ways I didn't know that I needed it. And then, Thirdly, it gave me a heart for Jewish people yes. in a way that I didn't know that, that I needed it. And so, so much of my trip and journey there, I think the same things, that, you know, that resonate with me. We made so many great memories. I remember we were in the Dead Sea. Tree didn't get in the Dead Sea. But I remember I got no, salt you missed in my that. eye. I did you know when I, missed that. I was a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> you I got have salt in my <laughs> <eye>. <laughs> and Mono was trying to, to, she was like trying to save my eye, remember? <laughs> <laughs> I got, uh, with the Dead Sea. I'm like, oh, no, I
4: can't see. Um, <laughs> Thank you, but, Mono. But, <laughs> yes.
3: but, but, but I got out of there. But like all the places that you went, like, I didn't know that geography could preach like yes. that. Just oh, yes. getting the perspective yes. of where Jesus was and and the places themselves. Like you're saying, there's a story behind all of it, and it's just, uh, yeah, I, I believe in Jesus more because of going to Israel, and I believe in the Bible more. Like, yo, this thing is, this thing is holy. Yeah, this thing is God's word, uh, and I already, I would have already believed that. I'm just saying, I came back with it with a deeper, yeah. deeper faith and deeper.
1: Belief. I would say the same thing, just. What I was thinking about is like, okay, you think about 2,000 years ago, all these different years ago, there were all these different things that people, when we think about Baal worship and Asherah and all these yeah. different things. I was like, I'm like, there are no churches to Baal now, and there's no churches to Asherah Ooh. that I know of. I have, have no clue, but to that I know of, I'm like, how do I know that Jesus is real? I'm like, it is tried and true. It's the, it's <laughs> the test of time that yes. like 2,000 years later, I believe in a man who lived in a, a cross, Galilee exactly like I'm like that's how I know it's tried and true I'm like this has stood the test of time It stood through persecution through yes. things that would try to completely eradicate the gospel and it's still here very so I'm good. like preach. I know why I know why I believe My favorite part of our
2: trip I think was seeing so many different people who love Jesus yes. from different cultures yeah. all over the world together in one place because it's not a very big nation and I feel like around every corner, we are bumping into friends, but not just friends, meeting people yeah, for the first time cool. from all over the world. But we are one family. Like the blood of Jesus has made us one family. And I loved even when we were having a time uh, in the River Jordan celebrating baptism. And a couple came from Mozambique and asked us to baptize them. What a holy moment. Yeah. What a privilege to go. We're we're a part of the same family. Amen. And I think it strengthened my faith just to be aware of how transcendent the gospel is through every generation, through every culture, that it was created to strengthen all of us, all of humanity from the inside out. It's just, it's beautiful. It's holy. And I think coming back to Miami, just made me more excited than
1: ever for Amen. what God's doing. Yeah, it gives us a, a perspective. We get to see God in a different way. And even in that time, we're in our collection talking about the churches and yes. the book of Revelation. Yeah. And what you had said, which was so significant, is that really the way that you could look at the seven churches is seven different ways to see Jesus. Yeah. Uh, because Jesus introduced himself to the churches in different ways. It mm. was the, the Jesus they needed to see. Yep. Um, and I think for us as a church, when we're looking at um, what God wants from us, because we can ask ourselves, all right, what, God, what does God want from the church? Or what does Jesus see in the church? It's like, you can look at those seven letters yeah, and you can get a clear picture of what God is saying to the church. Like, I feel like you can be like, all right, I don't actually get wonder what Jesus called us to do. Yes, He said it, Yep, you know, like he's already written. And I think it's helpful for us uh, as a church to dive into things like yeah. that and to talk about things like that. I think it's really, really helpful for
3: us. Absolutely, and I think that we decided to go into Revelation this year, especially as we kind of came into the fall. Another you know, kind of very formational, I think, style of collection for us, but I love that language of just the very first letter. This is not, you're not gonna see gentle Jesus here in the Book of Revelation. You're gonna see glorious Jesus. I love that. And I think that you need both pictures of who Christ is, that I do need the lamb, but I also need to know the lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he is resurrected, he's fierce, and he's not to be played with, it's not a game. And he's got a real mission for us. And this mission here on the earth, it's so temporary. Think about that church in Smyrna, like, probably my favorite church to teach on, the church that was like, they weren't scolded for anything, but the promises is like, yeah, carry the pressure. Uh, you're going to die in jail, but you won't die the second death. And it's almost like, it doesn't sound encouraging, right. but there's some, it's like it's like fight language a little bit for all of us, which is that God sees us, this philispos, which is this Greek word for this crushing pressure. It might be on your back. Smyrna comes from the root word myrrh, Myrrh was a perfume that they would put on dead bodies. This church in particular has dead Christians more than any mm. of the other cities. So many of the world would say this place smells like death, but myrrh is also the exact same perfume that's brought to the birth of Jesus. And it's just such a beautiful paradox and a picture of what we believe that the world smells death, but man, I don't smell death. I smell life and life more abundantly. The only way I'm ever to find my life is if I lose my life. And so I'm from Smyrna, yo. Uh, you might be smelling death, but we smell life up in this thing. We're under pressure right now, but we're not giving up. Uh, we're gonna die. We're gonna die once. Some people are gonna die twice. So I've been born I've been born twice, therefore I only die once.
4: Hallelujah. And I just think there's so much yeah. to it. It's
3: like, ah, oh, that 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 actually becomes very practical. And I think revelation the biggest front is just getting a bigger imagination of who Christ Jesus right. is. And that's if we're starting back in January. Jesus is our message, mindset's what's my mind. Now we're back here getting pictures and glimpses Great. of a glorious yeah. Jesus. It all goes back to my mind yeah. and it all begins to impact my faith.
2: Great.
3: Can, can someone give me that thing? Can I, can I have that? Yeah, give me Give me this stuff. Look we'll at this. This is just, I'm going to kids' church out here tonight. Let's go. Take this to VU Kids next week.
4: Yo, Paul says, if you can speak in the tongues of men and of angels. I don't know what that is. That sounds like some Lord of the Rings stuff, bro. (laughs) Tongues of men and angels? That's some deep, mature, like, whoa, pithy stuff. If you can speak in Elvish, it doesn't matter if you don't have love. If you can prophesy, and you have insight to everything. Church, I cannot wait to tell you what God has spoken to me. He's given me a word tonight. He's it doesn't matter. I don't care how smart and intellectual I look. I don't care how I dress. I don't care what the style is. If I get up here without love, all it is is a plaguey symbol. I'm just trying to give some of
3: us a picture. It, you ever been to like one of those like hiking stores like REI? I
4: was in one of these hiking stores the other day. And I'm like, I'm just trying to buy some boots, you know? But when you walk in, like immediately... You get this feeling like you don't belong. <laughs> I walked in, I'm like, you know, can I get some boots? <clears throat> what are you going to do with them? Well, uh, I was going to walk.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, not those ones, not those ones. You're not ready for those. I, I, I want those ones. Nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. You're not. No. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, like I don't know. I wonder how many churches feel this way. We walk in. And we walk in. We're so pumped about our doctrine
4: and our orthodoxy, but a broken and lost world walks in and all day. day, day. Some
3: will say lost love. We didn't start this church
4: to be the most energetic, and we didn't start this church to be the most intellectual and to have the best orthodoxy, doctrine. I want us to have good doctrine. But friends, if we don't do it with love, all we are is a clanging symbol. All we are is noise to a broken and lost world. Come on, somebody, make some noise.
1: Honestly, for us, we kind of ended the year with this phrase thus far. Amen. And I think the moment you said it, like you hear verses all the time, but I don't know. The moment you said it, I was like, yeah. Yep. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Yep. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. And we look at our story celebrating seven years. It's like, yeah, we would not have made it without his help. Yep. And we can look back at the moments and say, okay, I can have faith for the future. Amen. I can have vision for the next. Because if he's helped me before, surely he's going to continue to help me. Amen. That he's not going to leave us here, that he's with us. And so I'm excited for what the vision of 2023 looks like. Mm -hmm. There is big vision. There is big vision. I um, am so excited for what God is going to do. So expected. I think the things that we got to talk about on Vision Sunday, what's going to happen at our South Miami location, relaunching, the things that we see for the future, I believe that uh, they are big dreams, but it's not impossible. Amen because we've seen God do incredible things. So I'm just looking forward to just the vision of 2023 and what God has laid on your heart and what you guys are really um, marching towards for this next year.
3: Absolutely. I think for us as a church, this is gonna be the most exciting year yet. I think those that are a part of our community, this is a great season to rise up, take your post, lean in. We never had three locations. We will this month in January. Um, we never done VUCON before. This year we will do it. We never built a building. We're going to start this year. And all these things are exciting. And where do we get the faith to do it? Where do we find the fuel to do it? In his providence in the past, that he's never failed us. He's not going to start now. And so as we move into 2023, I don't know what the years in the past look like, but you're invited, I think, into a really, really beautiful Jesus story. Our church is doing good, but it'd be doing a whole lot better with you participating in it. And so- I'm just really, really full of faith as we step into 2023. Pastor friend of mine was asking me the day, how you doing, you know, how, how'd the offering go? And so the offering's been great, but those metrics are not the things that I'm looking at. There's something stirring inside yeah. of me. And when you got something stirring inside of you, it's the greatest gift ever. And so there's fire inside of me for where we're headed as a church. And I'm just excited to see all the stories this year of salvation, transformation, all of our different ministries. I think VU High's got amazing things coming up. VU College, shout out to every yes. student out there. VU Worship, believing there's gonna be another project. All of our crews, really yes. the people that are pastoring yes. our church yes. and the community. Man, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled, the servant leader teams. So today is a day of rest. If, you, if, you've, if you've watched thus far,
0: yeah. this long,
3: you're a real one. But I just think rest because what's coming up is, is so exciting. Yeah. And um, we're all invited to be a part of it.
2: Yeah, there's no telling what God has in yeah. store for us. We don't know every step. We just know the next step. Thus far, He's been faithful. We're going to show up next week with joy in our heart. We're going to sing new song. We're going to sing it loud. And I think that, you know, Scripture says it so clearly, the harvest is plentiful. Amen. The workers are few. And I do believe with all my heart that God's stirring our city For men and women to just step up to the plate and go, this is my time. Let's go. Like, I want to be a part of the miracle that's in motion. I have more faith in my heart than I ever had before because I'm expectant for this year. God's going to—God's already waiting for us in 2023. He's got it.
1: He's got it. I love it. I love the picture that you had given us of really God creating seven days. He created man on the sixth day. And man's first full day was a day of rest. Hello. I'm like, he was like, I got you. I'm like, yeah, yes. But because there was work for them to do. I was like, Adam, what did he have to do? He had work to do. But mm. he started from a place of rest. And so I think mm-hmm. it's beautiful as we take a moment to just pause as today was the moment for us to. Day one, 2023. It's day one. We rested. I can rest on day one, but day two. I'm ready to work. About let's it. hit it. I'm ready, let's to, go. I'm ready to get it done. Let's get it done. In this year. And I believe we're going to do it together. We're going to collaborate. We're going to see God do amazing things. But I thought it'd be special, maybe Pastor DC, if you could just pray yeah. for our church. Pray for people watching. I think there's going to be lots of people who uh, join this family that they have a home that they don't even know existed, but Amen. it's already ready for them. So I'm just praying for what God's getting ready to do in our church and in our teams and just believing for great things.
2: Yeah. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for yes, today. Jesus. Thank you for so Sabbath Sunday, that we rest, we pause. Lord, we look around and we realize, Lord, that you have created us with a purpose, on purpose, that you saved us, God, and that you've placed us in a family. God, as we begin this year, maybe we felt rushed as we've begun it. Lord, maybe we felt like God, already things aren't falling into place the way that we anticipated. God, I pray right now that we would breathe in deeply your grace.
3: Yes, Jesus.
2: Faith would stir in our hearts, that we would know that we can trust you. It's not what we see. God, it's what we know in our hearts to be true, God. Faith comes by hearing, and so Lord, today as we've looked to your word, as we've Talked about your truth and God, what you've done in our lives over the last few years, God. We just say thank you and God, let it fill us with faith for this year in front of us. I pray you'd bless every yes, family, yes, bless Lord. every individual, bless every child, bless every business leader, God bless every teacher. God, I pray in all the different vocations that are represented within our community that as we head back into work this next week, Lord, that it would be from the foundation of rest that we've taken this day to declare your goodness, your faithfulness and let it strengthen us for every day forward. Bless our community, unite us with one heart and we love you. We declare together the best is yet to come. In Jesus name we pray.
1: Amen. 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 So good. We love you. Happy New Year. We love
0: you. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you wanna say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present and I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we wanna to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to vuchurchcom online. We love you.